Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the world and welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watch Tonight and joining me from across the pond, he is the statesman to my kingsman, it's John Burke from Burke Reviews. How are you, sir? I am doing all right, sir. I'm, uh, you know, just got home from work and looking ahead, trying to figure out if I'm going to make it to a movie tonight. So I'm like looking at mm. movie times because my local theater only got Plane and A Man Called Otto this weekend. Um, but House Party and Skinnamarink have uh, theatrical runs, but they're just a little farther away. But I think I think I might be able to make one of those later shows. So I'm, I'm debating on trying to see one of those on the big screen tonight. Skinnamarink is so odd. I watched it um, via Shudder. They sent it over. As soon as I saw it was available, I almost screamed via email scream out you could call it please because i'd heard so much about it on the festival circuit and it's again this isn't the screen the skin and review but if you anyone out there who wants to watch it you have to be in a environment where you can watch you, you know no phones no no distractions it is such an immersive nightmare horrible bit of filmmaking but at the same time it's it was great i was so into it but it's really creepy, a really unnerving bit of filmmaking. Um, so if you do go to see that, I'd love to hear what you think about that. I think Plane, that's the uh, that's the Gerard Butler film, isn't it? It is, and I'm not opposed to seeing that, but uh, I don't know if it's a long runtime or if my theater just decided to do like odd times mm-hmm. um, where I don't, I don't think I can make it. Or like the the second showing is like really late. It's like nine fifty five for me. That's like that's way past that's my long. bedtime by the time I get out of the movie. So it's like no, thank you. Um, I've heard good things about the film, but that's late. Yeah, I've it's like there's a there's a show that would be very very tight to like we're going to be finishing and I'm going to be like hopping in the vehicle to get there kind of thing um, with no time to to eat dinner or anything until after the movie, which I could do. Um, yeah, I could get a small popcorn to tide me over kind of thing. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and see because you never do, we don't know how long this is gonna be kind of thing you know we have an idea but sometimes it, we we get into something we're not gonna cut the podcast short so I can make it to a movie that isn't even going to be our focus for next week so you know what I'm saying like um, I'm not rushing to see it but I like to try to fit a movie in and Thursday nights are usually premiere nights so I'm trying to like what can I go see if I don't go yes. to this movie um, I really do I want to see House Party a lot actually because I I was a big fan of the old ones. Um, I'm a little disappointed my local theater didn't get it, but, uh, it's not too much farther to go to the, uh, well, it is my local theater is like right next to me. The other theaters are like all about 30 to 45 minutes away. Yeah. Um, but it's not, you know, it's not too bad. And I do have, uh, there's a competing service, uh, that's trying to make a comeback that I have currently on, I'm in the beta for, um, and I've okay. not used it yet. <laughs> so I can get to a movie for free in theory, but my fear is it's not going to work when I get there. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, on that. Yeah, on that exactly. No. Well, well, if you do get to go and watch one, John, please let me know what it is off air so I can see whether I've seen it or if I'm going to see it. But um, for tonight, for this week, then after last week's Bampy Awards, where we discussed our favourite movies of 2022, now it's time for our first main episode, our first actual review of 2023 it's going to be a non-spoiler review if you're new to the show we always drop a non-spoiler review of the biggest film of the week or the most interesting film of the week and then on monday in a few days time we'll drop a spoiler review of the film and tonight's film john 
it's a doozy. Well, I hope it is anyway. It is Megan, directed by Gerard Johnstone, written by Akela Cooper, and a uh, story by James Wan. James Wan and Jason Blum are back again. And it stars Alison Williams, Violet McGraw, Ronnie Cheng, Amy Donald, Jenna Davis, Brian Jordan Alvarez, Jen Van Epps, and Stephane Garno Monton. Lots of names there towards the end. Um, as I mentioned, <laughs> non-spoiler episode, but we are going to go through the synopsis and maybe what's in the trailer. But the synopsis reads, a robotics engineer at a toy company builds a lifelike doll that begins to take on a life of its own. It sounds like another film franchise out there. Um, so, Megan, mm. you know, it's been it's been out there. It's had viral marketing, which I'm sure we'll mention when we get into it. But has the marketing translated into critical success and success with the audience i think it has john ron tomatoes currently has this at 94 percent with the critics and 79 percent with the audience metascore 72 6.7 out of 10 on imdb for the user score and 3.3 out of 5 on letterboxd and currently if you want to watch this film you're going to have to jump in your car or walk or take public transport to the local theater because that's the only place you're going to see it as of now so, Megan, the film about a, a killer doll, apparently, uh, which has uh, sent the internet wild with the, the dancing memes. Megan, the dancing doll from the trailers. Could it stand up to the hype? John, I'm a big fan of horror, as you know, as listeners know as well. And Megan, if you if you lean into it, if you let it wash over you, it's not horror. It's a, it's a comedy horror, horror comedy. And yeah. I had a blast, JB, with this film. It is absolutely not perfect. It is absolutely not, it's not very scary either, but it's a lot of fun. I've seen the words camp thrown around, like campy horror. And it is. It really is. This is a film that knows exactly what it is, and it plays into its campy style. It's winking at the audience the whole time. As the synopsis said, it's about a a robotics engineer, Alison Williams, her character called Gemma. She uh, ends up taking custody of her niece, Violet McGraw, who plays uh, Katie. And she's not equipped for this. She's not ready for this. She is a career focused woman. She's not ready to take on a, a young girl, a young child. So as any kind of responsible parent would do, they think, well, what can I do to, <laughs> how can I fob this child off with technology? And in this case, it is a lifelike doll called megan which is abbreviated from model three generative android so even the name has a mm. has a meaning to it so in the in the week that prince harry dropped his new book we have a new film called megan it's also quite a fun little uh, fun little parallel there but i thought this film was a lot of fun john uh, i enjoyed every time every scene megan was on i thought was fabulous her sassy attitude her kind of terminator-esque manners towards the end i thought were a lot of fun um the film is a pg-13 which i know has got a lot of people's backs up and i do think the film i think it does suffer a little bit because of that not massively i think but i think it's quite refreshing as well that we can have a film like this which is not just another violent dull movie you know the pacing might also get to people it does take a little while for things to get going if you know what i mean and uh, when when you do, when it does get going you don't often see the 
end product, but that's fine by me. You know, I'm quite happy to to visualize in my head what that doll has just done. And I'm quite happy for the first half an hour, 35 minutes or so to be setting up these characters. Cause one of the problems with film horror films that we all know is that they don't spend enough time with the characters to make you care about them. Or in this instance, maybe not care about them. Gemma is purposely written to be quite abrasive. And I found that to be very, very clever for this film, especially when Megan is at times written to be almost an anti-hero. She's kind of, there are moments in the film where they want you to root for her. They want you to think she's the, the hero. And then of course there are moments when that is not the case whatsoever. But uh, I found it, uh, there was moments here. I laughed quite a lot. I did think they made Megan out to be creepy in certain shots. There was was three shots I can think of, which I was like, Oh yeah, that, that's a, that is a killer shot. You know, that's kind of that, mm. that's the hero shot, if you will, of of Megan. Um, but yeah, the, the marketing in this really, really helped, which is funny because a lot of the viral stuff is barely in the film. Um, but I, I enjoyed this, John. It's, it's daft. It's entertaining. It's just a slice of fun horror comedy, which is an absolute hoot to watch with an audience. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it again to see how well it holds up. But yeah, I, I found a lot to like here, John. Again, it's not perfect. Uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say this is this is stunning. This is this is unbelievable, but it's better than I thought it was going to be. I did wonder if it was going to be all hype uh, and nowhere in product, JB. But uh, well, I enjoyed it. What about yourself, my friend? I, I did not like *Malignant*. Now that's directed by one, <laughs> but nevertheless, I, did. Um, I think there's a lot of comparison being made to that film and this film. I thought this one did a better job of its setup and payoff. Um, mm-hmm. I thought everything that they take the time to set up uh, has some payoff. I, I kept looking for um, like, I'm like, there, is this going to be something? Is this going to be a, like a factor later? And most of those things did come back in a way that made sense. Um, I, I also thought the characters were pretty uh, well fleshed out. I thought, um, you know, some, I won't get into specifics here, but there were a few characters where I, I didn't think it was like badly done or anything, but I did. I was questioning like the motivation. I'm like, I don't know if that type of character should be doing the thing that they're doing, I'll allow it. Cause it's, it, you know, this is an individual. It's not like, uh, they don't have to follow their job title, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did, I find that I found a lot of it funny. Um, Megan was both, um, creepy at times, but I also thought she was, she wasn't set out to be as villainous as maybe the trailers tried to make it seem. I agree um, there's, with that. there's, more complexity to the, a lot of the stuff. And that's one of the things that I was worried about with the trailers. It, it felt like we saw everything in the trailers. I think we saw quite and a lot in the trailers. We did, but I think some of the, the, there was enough context removed from those scenes that when they yeah. played out in the movie, they didn't exactly go the way I was expecting them to. And that was refreshing because it, it did keep me guessing. Cause I'm like, Oh, here's that thing from the trail. Oh, Oh, it's not what I thought, or it's not mm-hmm. what they sold us, but not in a way that felt like manipulative. I don't want anyone to try to sue uh, Blumhouse yeah, for this. Uh, oh God! But uh, it, <laughs> it did, it did like keep me on my toes, which I thought was refreshing because sometimes you see stuff in the trailer and then it plays out exactly like you thought, and that's kind of boring because you're like, "Well, I already saw that." But when you uh, when you think it's going to be one thing, and then it's like, "Oh no, there was a a little detail left out of the trailer that now I'm seeing, and now it makes more sense as to why things went the way they did." But yeah, I had a good time with it. Like, I'm not I'm not sitting here saying it's like must see. Uh, to me, it's like three and a half stars out of five. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but in a good way. Like I, I had a good time with it. I was smiling throughout the film. Uh, no major complaints. Um, you know, there, there's, I, it's been a week. Uh, so like of, since I saw it, um, I felt like there was a couple of things that I wanted to really like nitpick and now I can't remember what they were. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, so again, uh, no, no, um, major complaints. Although I did see a tweet that someone who didn't like the movie, um, say something like this will be forgotten in a few days kind of thing. I, saw I think that they might be right there. You know, it, and it's not necessarily a criticism, but it, this is like, you know, um, it's like eating a, a cookie, you know, you know, it's not really giving you much nutritional value, but you like the cookie. I so the there cookie. it is. I don't have to remember every single cookie I've ever eaten, which would be probably way too much brain space in, in the long term picture of things. But yeah, but that's what this movie kind of is, which is good for January, because um, a lot of times January movies are are not cookies. They are burnt cookies that nobody wants to eat here. At least it's like yeah. this is a solid cookie that you're going to like. Yes. Uh, you're not going to, it's not life changing, but man, was it a hit the spot kind of thing. I think the character of Megan will continue. Obviously the film itself, I think it, having seen it I, I, and I had a good time with it, had a, had a lot of laughs. There isn't really much in it, which is overly memorable apart from the, the wonderful Megan dance of her kind of flailing arms. That was, that was great. Yeah. And you, but you, you, you're damn right. I've been trying to do it. I'm doing it now and I can't quite master it. I want to see John Burke try that before the end no, of the year. No, I don't um, but I think the character of Megan will, um, will live on. I think they're going to, again, no spoilers, but I think they'll, if this film's making money, I think they're going to want to capitalize on that. They've got a new potential contemporary horror icon. Come on. We all want to see Chucky yes. versus Megan as well. Uh, so I think I think we'll see the character of Megan again. Plus, also Agreed. the character has a massive LBGTQ plus following. Huge! It's really the, 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 the filmmakers have really tapped in there. And I've been listening to the soundtrack today at work, and is very apparent by the soundtrack as well. So, you know, and I think there's, there's a lot going for this film. Yeah, outside of the actual <laughs> narrative. And there's an argument for that. I mean, that's like, I don't remember many characters from the, I don't know if I remember any characters from the Friday the 13th movies, but I, I have fond memories of Jason, you know, as a kid watching those movies and enjoying that same thing with child's play. I remember a few kills that kind of freaked me out when I was a kid from child's play, but mostly I just remember Chucky and I agree. I, and I think Megan's a really cool constructed one. Um, it's like, let's look back to the child's play remake with Mark Hamill at the helm of, yes, of the, or, also, at the voice yeah. where they also have an it you know they change the lore to be ai and that movie's terrible but has a really strong cast but the movie's not good this movie does that same premise way better uh this is much yeah. much much better than that so do you think we'll see a crossover at any point john because people want it and well megan and chucky have have gone on a which is fantastic the twitter feed is great they've kind of been having a spat online do you think we'll ever see the killer oh, doll really? crossover I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past that. We did get a Jason versus Freddy movie. Um, I got to say, though, oh, very different motivations. Like, I, I would be Team <laughs> Megan for sure. Oh, hell yeah. It just And then and then Annabelle can come in. Like, like the WWF, uh, WWE, the theme music can play. Annabelle can come running down the, the Titan Tron and suddenly the ramp. And suddenly it's, you know, a three-way a three uh, way match, triple threat match. Um, any other killer dolls you could think of? Um. Mm. I mean, I guess another Wan film. There's Dead Silence, right? Like, mm. does that count? 
It does. Um, I can't remember what the puppet's called, but and of course um, you could have the the entire group of the puppet master as like a you know a Royal Rumble event, right? Like they're all you yes. got Blade. Um, is it Blade? I feel like his name is Blade. It, it, I'll, little... I'll allow it. I think it's what it is. Okay. God damn. Yes. Those are the other ones I can think of. There we go. We got a puppet Royal Rumble. I'm still Team Megan. They made and I, I love the fact that they made Megan. They made Megan like a appeal. She has an appeal as a vi- like a visual appeal as a doll. Whereas I look at Chucky and think, who the hell is going to buy that for their kid? Yeah, I don't want that but in also, my house. Megan's like almost life size um, by comparison. Yeah. You know, like so she's got she's got a height advantage over most of the other dolls for sure. Yeah, I think she'd win. We're we're team Megan here, but uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'd give this three and a half, maybe push towards a four out of five because I had such a good time with it. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say about Megan before we move on, JB? Not without spoiling a bunch of stuff, but uh, really solid uh, performances all the way around. Um, I will say the actress who played Gemma, whose name I cannot remember. Alison Williams. Yes, I didn't recognize her from Get Out, um, but she's uh, the the girlfriend in Get Out, and yeah, she it didn't is, yeah. click until afterwards. And I was like, oh wow, okay. She, I think I, she she's really good in this, even though, like you said, the character isn't necessarily good in the sense of like us rooting for her, but I did like her performance. Yeah, no, she, she's, uh, I was listening to an interview with her today, which I'll mention later on about how she picks her projects or how they are pitched to her. And I thought that was very interesting given that, you know, she was so good in get out a critically lauded film and she's had an interesting career path since very good roles since, but, um, well, we'll continue this then, uh, beginning of next week with our spoiler review of Megan. But suffice to say, we both enjoyed the film. So go check it out if you have the means to do so. But let's move on now, John, to our next segment. This one we call Chuffed Headlines. It's a movie or pop culture news headline that caught our attention for any reason. And we want to share it with all of you. And it looks like we've gone for fairly similar ones this week, JB. Well, sometimes it does happen, but we have, we're <laughs> in the midst of a, a season. I mean, Woo-hoo! I don't know if you heard, Matt, but just a week ago, the Bampies dropped and you know, people are going crazy. Like all these things are happening. Um, a lot of the winners of Bampies also won Golden Globes. Not all because Globes are wild, but we'll get to that. But I imagine the Bampies have more prestige <laughs> sometimes. Uh, I think maybe, or at least maybe it doesn't get the hatred um, that yes. we are seeing from the other ones. But uh, after the Golden Globes, which I, I feel like we I almost want to do yours first. because I keep, That's the second time I've already referenced what you're going to be talking about here in a second. But nevertheless, let's stay focused. Um, we've seen a lot of other uh, awards drop, like the, the DGA, the, the I think the DGA has dropped. I know the Writers Guild dropped, but the SAG dropped. Um, and... My article is specifically focusing on where we're going to be able to see the SAG Awards next year. Yes. But I also wanted to bring up uh, something kind of fun. So, friend of the show, Big Tuna, a while back tweeted uh, to the world that um, if if, uh, Adam Sandler were going to be nominated (laughs) for an Oscar um, for his performance in the hustle, which a lot of people have forgot yeah. uh, that the hustle came out last year. Cause again, Netflix movies, they come out. We were like, we talk about them for a week and then they vanish into the I'd ether. I've forgotten about it too. And it's, it's a really good movie. Actually. I, I, I have no complaints about the film, but Sean's point was that, uh, he didn't win for uncut gems. Yeah. And 
while the hustle is a legit movie and a very good performance, it's nowhere on the same tier as uncut gems was, but Adam Sandler did get nominated for a SAG award for best actor. So of the five nominees, Adam Sandler for the hustle is one of them. And that's pretty shocking. It was like Tom Hanks is not on that list for the man called Otter, which I don't know if that might've missed the cutoff or something with them. I don't know what their cutoff is, but, uh, Sean tweeted this. This is a, I'm going to quote his tweet. If he, this is him replying to someone saying he might get nominated for the hustle. He said, if he didn't get in for uncut gems, there's no way he gets in for this. I will watch the ridiculous six every day for an entire week. If Adam Sandler gets nominated for an Oscar it for hustle. So the SAG nomination up. (laughs) Yeah. The SAG nomination has Sean sweating a little bit um, because, uh Oh, (laughs) There, there, there's now grounds because this is a big award nomination. Yeah. Um, so, uh, with that though, the the actual article I have is that apparently we're gonna be able to watch SAG Awards on Netflix in 2024. As I believe, unless something changes, it'll be their first live stream on Netflix. Like I don't think Netflix think has dabbled so. with live streams. Uh, um, this year it's on YouTube. Think of, yeah, YouTube apparently is streaming the SAG Awards this year, and then next year we'll be on. The Netflix, and if Netflix is still a company next year, we'll wait and see on that one. I'm always I skeptical. Wonder, do we got any? Have do we have any idea or inclination in that article as to why Netflix have decided to stream next year? Um, I have not not seen that. I'm sure it is probably embedded in like one of the paragraphs. You know, they <laughs> they get real wordy. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. My my thing with reading a lot of articles lately is like they over explain like, cause they're trying to hit a word count. So they'll word go into count, yeah. <laughs> way too much backstory. Um, I just want to know the thing, right? Like I want to know what you just asked. That's the answer that I want. But um, I'm guessing I have to read five pages of history of how Netflix became a company before I get there. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, no, I don't know. To be fair, I don't want to sit here and read it now. I didn't see it when I read it the first time. I yeah, just was mostly enough. focused on, I was like, what can we talk about? I want to talk about the Adam Sandler thing, but also uh, this, because I've never watched the Screen Actors Guild Awards. I just get the the winners like the next day, you know? So it's I'm like, kind of curious if it's got that kind of draw. Like why this awards? Like why not the DGAs or something else? But um i think uh, for me it's probably the names that are attached to it like the more other names that you can pro- well, netflix can't promote because they're awful but yeah the promotion which you can do i don't know i think they probably think the the actors awards are probably sexier than the directors in terms of again in terms of names and attendees but it kind of begs the question here yeah, why, why are they doing this for unless this is their new their new way of trying to entice subscribers to stay or to try and yeah. uh, soften the blow of password sharing loss or something, because it is a pretty far out thing for them to do, especially given that it's already on YouTube for free. It's on uh, Netflix's YouTube channel. I, I caught that in the article. So that's Got a you, big right, distinction. Okay. okay. Okay, so it's so still with a, Netflix, but still with Netflix, but because um, at first I was like, "Oh, that's cool," and then I, you know, we'll be able to watch it. Then I realised, as you say, you, it's already kind of available. But um, I'd be more interested as to what the business decision behind that is. If it is Me just too. Netflix trying dabbling their feet in the water um, with the hopes of maybe getting something else down the line, um, but I do wish, like you say they just push their own things more Then they've got something like hustle. Adam Sand has been nominated for a SAG award. And as you said, 
I don't remember a damn thing about that film, really. I remember Adam Sandler being good in it, and I remember the mm-hmm. film being pretty good, but it just feels like it just feels lost, like swept away, washed away in the like the sea of films we had last year and streaming films. I didn't even realise it was from last year. Like like you said, John, generally couldn't remember it being from last year. So Netflix, uh, you know, it's cool that they're branching out somewhat, but I do kind of wish they it, in-house they would market or promote their their own original films or series so much better and don't just put them on the front screen for a day and then, you know, lose them within, within the the cavalcade of all of their material but hey look yep. it's not it's not a bad news it's you know if they want to if they're going to keep it streaming then great it's good yeah exactly and it's an award show that i think uh maybe especially after some of the reactions from this year's golden globes maybe we'll have a little more weight leaning forward so Ooh. uh what was your article matt well, hint, well hint, speaking wait, about weights and golden globes i can handle the weight i can also handle the golden globes my friend because i'm going to tell you jb the Golden Globes, the winners have been announced at their lavish ceremony at the weekend, full of um, full of fun photographs, great uh, moments on stage with piano and lots of booze by the looks of it. But the Golden Globes have had their winners released for this year, John. The Banshees of Inner Sharing was the most popular film, taking home three awards, um, including, I've already lost them, John. Uh, including a water screenplay, Colin Farrell and the best musical comedy. And the Fablemans took two away, including director and best uh, dramatic motion picture. But um, again, when, like you said, we're in the, we're in this season now for leading up to the Oscars, the big one, everything we've done, everything we've mentioned, all of the awards bodies are prestigious in their own right. But of course people remember the Oscars and the Bampies. Now we've already had one of those, but um, just looking at some of the winners, JB, as I mentioned, the Fablemans won for best drama, Banshees, best music, Spielberg by one best director outside of those two films though. Here we are, JB best actor in a drama was Austin Butler for Elvis. Um, best, that what that is a shock. Best actress in a drama was Kate Blanchett. I don't think that's a surprise to many, yeah. but it is good. That is a fairly, that's a tough category, Best Actress this year. Uh, Michelle Yeoh won for Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy. Uh, Colin Farrell, as I mentioned, won for Best Actor in that category. Best Supporting Actor was Ki Hui Kwan for Everything Everywhere. He gave such a great um, speech. Did you see it, JB? I haven't seen his speech. I've seen a few interviews with him before the awards, like him on Variety. I think it's Variety, the table, like the Hollywood tabletop. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah um, so actors, he's been yeah. all over my feed. I just haven't seen the uh, the interview. I am going to have to. I want to see both his, uh, not the interview. I'm sorry. I want to see both his speech and Michelle uh, Yo's because I just read an article about her speech that I'm like, God, I got to watch that. You got to admit, uh, Kihui Kwan's speech is it, it, it's incredible, my friend. If you if you are not in tears watching it because it choked me up. Like it seems to most people, it's just a beautiful speech. And Michelle Yeoh's one, she, you know, she was talking about what it's like to be. She's sixty years old in Hollywood. She said, as the as the age gets up, it gets bigger, the chances get smaller. You know, kind of really shouting that out to the audience. And then it's it's not the musicians' fault, but they start they, they kind of start playing the theme now to try yeah. and hurry her higher. And she basically says, "Look, shut up! I'll come yeah. over there and beat you up if I have to." She's kidding around, but at the same time, she's like. You know, you want to stop doing that now. They tried it with Colin Farrell when he told them unceremoniously where to go. They tried it with Angela Bassett as well, which didn't work. Angela Bassett won Marvel's first ever uh, acting award in any kind of major 
um, Weight Major mm. Awards. She won Best Supporting Actress for her role in Black Panther, which again is going to cut. It might, might, might shake things up going into the Oscars. So there was a few surprises: Austin Butler and maybe Angela Bassett winning ahead of Kerry Condon, and maybe even Dolly DeLeon in Best Supporting Actress. But how much do you think this is? How much stock is this going to have going into the big one, JB? I mean, okay, so pre-COVID. Uh, the Golden Globes had a pretty good, not a guarantee, but you had a mm-hmm. good indication of where things were leaning. Um, but the last two years, we the Go- Globes have been kind of ostracized, and I was really shocked when people were talking about them coming up this year. I was like, "Wait, yeah. are, are they back? Are we just okay with them again?" Because like they had been you know, the foreign, uh, what is it, the foreign global press, the HCPA, I think it was. It, whatever. Like there was so much pushback against them for how they do their awards and the treatment of things. And then like we, they weren't on TV last year, if I remember correctly. No, they weren't. And then this year they're on a Tuesday, which threw me off so yeah. much because my Instagram feed is predominantly movie related content. And I'm seeing like all this red carpet stuff. I'm like, wait, what? It's tonight. And I didn't even bother to try to watch it. Yep. Cause I was just like, okay, we didn't but, know about it. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so I don't know if we need to take any stock in this because I don't know mm-hmm. if anyone cares. But people showed up. I mean, the, the, the people were there to get their awards and stuff. So, dude, they were. I'm guessing that uh, th- maybe this could be a, a little foretelling of what we're going to see at the Oscars, or at least what we're going to see nominated at the Oscars, right? Because we still haven't got the nominations yet. Uh, no, they'll be coming within the next uh, six weeks, I believe. But uh, Jared yeah. Jared Carmichael was the host. I, I think he's very funny. And Gerard. He, yeah, Gerard Carmichael. Carmichael, sorry. Um, I loved him in on the count of three last year. I need he, to watch that. He, That's still on my gap. It's such a good film. He really held the uh, the Golden Globes organizers and other people to account. Damn, but um, very good host. Uh, Babylon won best score as they did with the Bampies. Um, Natu Natu from RRR won for the Ooh. best song, which I know you'll be very excited about. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio won best animated, and Argentina 1985 was the best non English language That's film. Wild to me, I haven't seen that to be fair. But I haven't it, either. It did not seem like one I wanted to watch, and I cannot believe it beat Decision to Leave. Um, it beat that, it beat RRR, it beat All Quiet on the Western Front and Close from Belgium, which I hear is very good. So oh, uh, I might try and squeeze some of those in before the big ones coming up. But um, yeah, the Globes, whether they have any lasting impact going into the Oscars, I think, to, uh, as we mentioned last week on our award show, uh, it would seem, nothing's ever set in stone, but it would seem that mm, some of the categories, uh, we could probably put five bucks down and say, yeah, I think, this person's going to win that or this film's going to win that again, nothing's ever guaranteed, but I think some of these golden globes winners will reflect what's going to happen come the big night. And I'm not sure it'll be because of the globe. I think it's just because some of these performances are just, you know, universally acclaimed as the best mm. of the year. So looking forward to it, but yeah, it's always fun. I, I love talking awards seasons, JB. It's one of my favorite parts of the year in terms of films, but um, the, yeah, I think the biggest thing to take into consideration when it comes to predicting the Oscars versus the Globes is the Globes divide movies into comedy and oh. music yeah. slash drama, which the Oscars don't. So like now the question is because Michelle Yeoh and, and Kate Blanchett have both been winning a lot of yeah. critics awards and stuff, but they're going to be competing for the same award <laughs> at the Oscars <laughs> where they're they're split here. So who's going to win out? I hope Michelle Yeoh. Because, you know, that was my pick uh, on it's, the Bampies. But, it's um, paper thin who's going to win that. 
Right. And that's, I think, and same thing with best picture. Like I love Fableman's. I was not expecting it to win any award. No offense to the movie. Again, it didn't even have the wide release that other films have had, um, which is obviously not a, a thing for the Oscars, like tons of movies that have no releases yes. win best picture. But, um, but still like it didn't have the hype going right into it. Like I've heard a lot of people do everything everywhere all at once. I've seen a lot of, well, not for drama, but you know, I mean uh, the mm-hmm. other categories, um, Banshees have won a lot of things too. So like, those are the two movies that I'm expecting to be uh, pulling the awards. So Fableman's kind of threw me a curveball here. Um, but again, it, uh, I think Banshees and everything everywhere were competing for the actual likely who's going to get best picture at the Oscars. I, you know, but I, yeah, I really I hope, hope everything everywhere pulls it. Cause I just, the, I, I think the fact that the Daniels are so young is going to hurt the chances of that movie winning the big awards. Yeah, I hear that. I I just wish it weren't so, um, because it, it's I, mm. anything about some of these awards, this is any of them, whether it's the Globes, the Oscars, the Baftas, whatever. Some it's been, certainly in recent years, it's been that feeling of, well, this person deserves it. You know, they've had a good career, or you know they they've missed out on a few chances apart from Amy yeah. Adams. This person deserves it, and I don't. I, I firstly, I, I think that stinks. <laughs> frankly, agreed. Um, agreed. I mean, how old was Adrian Brody? I think he was twenty nine, and he is the youngest best actor winner of all time at 29 wow. you think wow nobody younger than that has won it yet austin butler i believe is younger than 29 so if he was to win he would be the youngest winner of the more i don't think he will do but again the globes have said otherwise um but yeah i know what you mean you know if, if it's going on that criteria spielberg's got it in the bag but i would hope that isn't the case not that i don't want him to win because i love steven spielberg and but i do want to i did say like shocking that austin butler won and it's not a criticism to butler's performance or anything it's i just really thought brendan Fraser was gonna win for the whale uh, that's been all of the buzz and he's won a lot of critics stuff so is butler though butler's won a lot or at least been in the talks because yes he is he embodies elvis in a way that you know but that to me I, you know like winning for a biopic feels kind not like cheating but you are imitating exactly somebody you you're, you're not creating a character to be um you're you're just mirroring someone else's mannerisms and mm-hmm. he does that very very well and i can't do it i'm not sitting here like it, again it's just i think a a different type of performance um i would lean for creating an original performance although one could argue that brandon fraser's performance is just channeling all of the qualities that we like about Brandon Fraser and the whale is a i think it was a stage show first so i guess there is also uh, that adaptation potential but it is totally different from a biopic which and I, I do get what you mean it's not to take anything away from austin butler i think he's great and he still can't drop mm-hmm. that damn accent either but um yeah, I, heard. I, I do know what you mean however john the oscars we still got a little while to go i've actually booked the day off after the oscars so i actually want to watch it this time i, I uh, get part way through it and then fall asleep because it's getting a, it's getting on a bit late so i'm going to stay up this year and actually watch it uh, i've got the day off work afterwards so i'm going to be up early so we can, we will be talking about that uh, the week after on the uh, the bloody awesome movie podcast. But the Golden Globes, there are your winners. A few surprises. Let's see what happens in a few months' time with the big one. Until then, let's move on to our next segment, which we call media consumption. Yes, this is a section where we talk about the the movies, the TV shows, video games, the music podcasts, which aren't ours. Whatever we've used to pass the time since the last show. So, John, what you've been checking out? So um, I didn't type on here. I forgot to uh, put blank check. Blank check came back this week and um, we got both our new episode, which is Coraline. Um, 
which was a really, really good episode. Nice. And then they also, uh, we got a, a mailbag episode on the Patreon, um, which was a lot of fun. They, you know, they do like Q and a type stuff. And, uh, some people had some really good questions on it. Um, and it was exciting to get back because we, uh, they took two weeks off for Christmas and New Year's. They, they had not done that previously. Didn't help that Christmas and uh, New Year's Day were on Sunday, which is usually when the episodes drop. But so we had two weeks with no uh, real new episodes. So I was excited to get my, my favorite podcast back in my earbuds. Um, and then uh, I've caught a lot of movies. Um, I didn't, I'm, I'm not trying to watch a movie a day, but I do enjoy watching movies. So, and I have like a list of like checks uh, of things I want to catch one though, because of blank check many years ago, that was one of their first series. They covered Catherine Bigelow mm-hmm. and I had not seen, I still have not seen a couple of her movies, but I had not seen uh, strange days and it was not available. Like you could not get strange days. Um, it wasn't streaming on anything and I probably could have maybe tried to pirate it or something, but I don't like to do that. Um, so I don't, and so I just didn't see Strange Days. And then out of nowhere, uh, it dropped on HBO Max this weekend. And so I made it a priority. I was like, I'm, I'm going to finally watch Strange Days. And nice. I'm glad that I did. I think it's a really cool sci-fi movie. Like, I, I think uh, Ray Fiennes is really great. Angela Bassett, who is now a Golden Globe winner for uh, Black Panther, um, is in that. And I think is fantastic in that film. It's it's oddly prescient. Uh, a lot of the things feel like they could have been filmed right now, which is troubling because it's a, it's a dystopian film, but um, you know, I, I thought it was pretty compelling. Um, not perfect, but very compelling. Well, I haven't seen that one. It, strange days, man. It's hard to, it was hard to see for a long time. Yeah, no, I haven't been there. I, um, it's not one that's been on the radar at all. And I like Bigelow as a filmmaker from what I've seen, but uh, if I can, um, find a way to watch it and, uh, uh, the right way. I shall do. It was her husband at the time, uh, James Cameron's script, actually, as well. So uh, it was rewritten, but he had written it and was trying to make it. So um, then I am participating in. Um, I don't. I'm going to look up the the Instagram user. I'm not 100 percent familiar with the podcast, but I believe it is Flick uh, Flick Chick Bitch, and that, I'm not saying it. That's her. That's her. I Instagram user. <laughs> Um, name so I thought you were surfing then um, but uh, they are doing a challenge this year um, it's the 2023 women trans and non-binary directors challenge and if you follow them on Instagram uh, e- every month they're going to put three prompts so you only have to watch three movies a month which is far less than what I was already going to watch anyways um, and like for this month of January the prompts are um, hang on uh, the prompts are a uh, from a pioneer in early cinema, uh, from the 2022 Sight and Sound poll, and from Asia. So you would find a woman or trans or non-binary director uh, that was a pioneer in early cinema. They do give some tips, too. So like if you're like, I have no idea, here's a, they give you like a handful. Here's some people you can look up. Um, the 2020 Sight and Sound poll, which is easy to find uh, who, what women or non-binary or trans, and uh, from Asia. So um, I've already completed this month's three three prompts um because i am actively going to try to do this because i thought uh every year i try to to you know branch out more and uh i know i have a lot of gaps in non-male directors just because there's such an abundance of male directors um and i believe on last week's episode i mentioned i watched uh gene delma I, I don't know how to say it delman 
the, all the French words that follow. It's basically an address. <laughs> um, I watched that uh, because that was the number one film on the site and sound list that I had never seen directed by a female. So it made perfect sense to make that one that prompt. But uh, for the from Asia, I watched Marlena the Murderer in Four Acts, which is an Indonesian film uh, that was recommended by uh, this this uh, Instagram um, account. And uh, it's quite good. Very hard to watch. Uh, it is a troubling film for sure. It was available to watch on Canopy, uh, which is a available with a lot of library cards. Um, and you can check out like 14 movies a month uh, and you can stream them on most uh, streaming services have like, sorry, most uh, streaming boxes have the app for Canopy. Um, I, I definitely recommend, I think it's a really well-made film. It's very compelling, but there are, it, it deals, it's a revenge, rape revenge story. So there's yes. troubling stuff in it. Although I'd say shot, not explo- uh, exploitative whatsoever um, because uh, probably because female director, you know, yeah, done with taste. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, the other film I watched for the um, early pioneer in cinema, I watched the hitchhiker, which is available to watch on prime. Uh, interesting because it's a female director, but there are no female characters. It is all men, um, which that kind of sh- uh, threw me up for, for a loop. I wasn't expecting that. Although there is a, um, I would say an exploration in the, the relationship between two men, but not in a sexual way, just like this yeah. friendship where you see like compassion and empathy, something that maybe you wouldn't have seen from a male perspective, but not always, but mind you, like it's a set, it's a, Oh, it's an older movie. I can't remember what year it is. It's like in the fifties, I want to say. Um, but it's uh, Ida Lapingo, I believe that's not right. 1953. Hold on. I, I will not, I will stop butchering everything. I'm trying to say, uh, Ida, part of the fun. Ida Lupino, I believe is how you say her gotcha. name. Um, also, again, that director was pushed. Uh, they had her list, her name on the list. Um, so I went looking and I was trying to find, I didn't want to spend money um, since I have so many streaming services. So I was like, well, let's see which one of, of these directors have a film that I can easily watch. Found this one on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's very good. Um, it had a 3.5 on Letterboxd kind of thing. Like, So I, I went in with like positivity it's really good. It's apparently, according to the film itself, it says it's based on a true story. I've not done any fact checking on that. If it was just, is that just one of those things where the movie says that, or is this really it? But if, if it is it, it's, it's kind of terrifying. Um, you can kind of assume hitchhiker probably shouldn't have got picked up kind of movie, right? Like that's, yeah. that's the idea. Um, and then, uh, aside from doing those two for the, uh, the challenge, I wanted, um, I'm kind of closing the gap on some major films in my viewing, uh, gaps, as I said, um, one, uh, is perfect blue from 1997. Ooh, yes. Um, I bought the steel book a couple months ago. It was on sale and I was like, okay, I've, this, this movie keeps popping up on lists. I haven't seen it. I'm not always big on anime, although I'm finding I'm, I'm much bigger on, uh, my daughter called it slice of life anime. I don't know if that's accurately depicting it, but it's not, it's not the martial art anime, which I like uh, silent voice or, um, your name, most of the studio Ghibli oh. stuff. Those are more my wheelhouse. Uh, where Same it's, here. it's a, it's an animated drama. And, uh, that seems to be what I enjoy. Um, perfect blue, definitely on that list. Although much like Marlena, the murder in four acts, some very troubling scenes that are hard to sit through. Um, it's very much, uh, that's the one that, uh, Requiem for a dream is f- consistently compared to. Well, and one of my, Oh, interesting. Um, one of my students, uh, cause it's also, I've seen comparisons to black Swan yes, and, um, what my, my student is doing for, uh, an IB assessment, 
um, she's comparing Perfect Blue and Last Night in Soho, um, huh. which I think there's a lot of interesting comparisons to be made uh, in those two films. Interesting. Um, especially with some of the... Uh, the paranoia of the, the you see the main character kind of falling into and the yes. uncertainty of what's happening to them um because there's like is it supernatural or is it not supernatural it's like it's it's hard for us to kind of decipher until the end of the film and makes it clear and both i think take some giallo influence um which yes. is an interesting thing to see uh but really like perfect blue and then lastly, I just watched this last night, and I am so glad that I did. I'm kind of mad at myself for having not watched it earlier, but I watched Broker a couple of months ago. Um, I think, well, maybe a month ago. And I really liked Broker, and I had not seen anything else by the director. And when I went to see what other movies had the director uh, done, I found um, Shoplifters was on the list. Oh. And I had, Shoplifters had been on my radar for since the Oscars, since twenty eight, uh, the 2019 Oscars. Um, and... Uh, recently I, I binged most of the, uh, Brett Goldstein podcast yep. and shoplifters came up a lot with movies that made you cry the most. It's, I think it's Brett's movie that made him cry the most, but it, other people would say it and he would be like, Oh, Oh, that's such a good, good pick. <laughs> um, it's Hirokazu Korita, which I'm sure I said uh, yep. perfectly. Korita, yep. Um, I love this movie so yes. much. Uh, it, it is, I did cry several times, but I also, I found the, the, the way the story unfolds. Like I knew, I knew the, the setup of the story, there was no way it was going to be like a smooth ride. You know, like I knew it was going to be a rough drama. And of course I'd also heard Brett say it made him cry the most. So I'm like, what's going to make me cry. So I went in very like on edge. Uh, it still managed to land every, everything it tried to land. Right. Like it, my, my little bit of uh, inklings did not stop it from making emotional hits hard. Um, I thought the performance was were fantastic. The score is, is so good. Uh, it, this is like an instant. I'm pretty sure it's in my top 50. Like it clicked real hard. Um, yes. And the one thing uh, I'm going to see if I can find it real fast, but I was, I, when I see a movie like this, that's been out for a while and I really, really like it. I like to go like kind of scroll through, um, letterbox reviews and see like what have people said kind of thing and one of them and I, I, can't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find the guy's name I really want to give him credit because I thought it was brilliant um, but he said this movie deserve. If he said if any movie deserves the uh, before trilogy treatment mm. it's this right that we come <laughs> back to this that and I'm like killer. oh my god that's so brilliant I really wish I could find the guy who said it so I could give him credit um, it was on letterbox um, but that's I'm fantastic. thinking like there's uh, without spoiling anything in the film, there's a time frame set up of five years at some point where like, it would make sense to come back five years from now and revisit these characters as they've aged five years and things have changed. See that where they're at. This year. I am. It, oh my God. You are right. It would be this year. Let's make that happen. Listeners tweet everything you can. Let's get <laughs> this movie made this year. Get all the actors back. What's, what are these characters doing five years later? Um, I think that would be, Damn. incredible uh so because again i love this i mean there's so many good letterbox reviews like they're like just one line like this creative films are like hugs until they punch you in the heart i'm like yep that sounds right because <laughs> like this whole movie the, the first half i feel like i'm just in this great bath of of, of kindness and love and then you're like Ooh! oh my god oh no yep. what's happening <laughs> um but in in the best way it's one of those things though I've recommended the Florida project to so many people. And so many people are like, why did you make me watch that? It's so sad. I'm like, 
but it's it's so good and that's how i feel this movie is i feel like if i get people to watch this they're gonna be mad at me but it's so good but yes it is sad so but i i loved it i am i'm a little mad at myself for waiting so long to watch it but also like it's great when you you get to that yeah and it's great when you get there And it's fantastic. Yeah, I should be. I, I should feel guilty, and I do. I do feel guilty. I'm going to cry. John's going to whip himself afterwards. And as we said off air on our um, on our messaging uh, off air, that's the worst English I've ever used when we text. How this how Roma beat this film, and I know Roma has a lot of admirers. Um, Alfonso Cuarón's film has a lot of admirers because it looks visually very nice, but goddamn, is it boring in comparison? <laughs> we said that then as well. I think it was yourself me and tuna were we said again the triumvirate of evil were the only ones who sort of thought i don't think rome was really that great it's you know it's technically mm-hmm. visually beautiful but was never at any point compelled or engaged with the story whereas you know shoplifters i absolutely was but even some of the other films from like capanown from that year i do I, I for me personally i felt more of a connection with but as we always say john you know awards don't make a film great it's always nice when they get it but you know, you, you can't live or die or hang your hat on whether the film won a statuette or not. Otherwise, we'd never watch films like Shoplifters. Exactly. Uh, well, as usual, another eclectic uh, array of films there from Jonathan Burke. For myself, it's much shorter this week. A bit like me, a little short. Um, but in terms of what I listen to, I've been listening and watching the Double Toasted podcast. I I find that very, very, very funny, especially on a long drive. Very irreverent film reviews, but a lot of fun. And I listen to the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast with Josh Horowitz today because he dropped an episode uh, where he interviewed Kihi Kwan and also had a five, ten minute interview with Alison Williams talking about Megan, how she got the role, um, what she thought when she read the scripts, you know, what, how, how was she getting pitched these ideas? And it's just, she just, it seemed to be that she just wants the most interesting story. I'm, I'm pretty sure she could have just gone down the, the kind of get out route of a more dramatic role potentially, but she's been in there. She was in that, um, Netflix film, which was pretty creepy. I can't remember what it was called from a year or two ago. Um, which everyone was talking about at the time. I know a lot of it was set on a bus, but I don't remember much else oh. about it. Um, but Kihai Kwan was talking about, again, his career. He's, the, the, as you called it last week so eloquently, the, the, the Kwanessence. You know, the man's back, what he had to do to get to where he is now, the decision to return, the heartbreak of rejection from so many auditions, what, was, what it was like as a kid with the additions to an adult working with Spielberg and Lucas and Harrison Ford. And so again, it's enough to make a grown man, a grown woman cry. It's his story is an absolute joy to, 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 to listen to and behold. And if he gets topped off with the big one in March, the big golden statue, then what's one hell of a return to one hell of a return from a man who pretty much two, two, three, four years ago, was retired. I think as was two, two and a half years ago, was retired. So it's a great listen. Go check it out. And um, they also talk about how there is a happy, sad, confused reference in the film Megan, which I picked up on straight away. And they refer they, they talk about it in on, on the discussion. Alison Williams and Josh Horowitz. There's a moment in Megan where they're talking about her facial expressions and what you know. And Gemma Alison Williams commands the dull to make to show her range of emotions so she says you know happy sad and confused I was like, ah, 
That's that podcast <laughs> I listened to, and it turns out it was very deliberate. Um, oh. I've only watched one film this week, JB. Just one. And it was The Pale Blue Eye on Netflix, a, f- a film which boasts a very, oh. very good cast. I know it came out theatrically for a, a week or so at the end of tw- very, very tail end of 2022, but it's now on Netflix. And So which, it's the, a the Telltale cast- Heart story. Sorry? Yes. It's, it's- I, I just put together why it's called The Pale Blue Eye, because it's the poem. Uh, I, knew, I, I knew Edgar Allan Poe was uh, played it's by uh, the one guy. Harry Hart. Melling. Harry, there it is. Uh, Dudley. D- Dudley Dursh. That's it. But Dudley yeah, it's, it's been on my list. I've been wanting to watch it. Uh, did you like it? It's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's, okay. it's good. <laughs> I was just saying, if you look at the cast, you've got Christian Bale, Harry Melling, Lucy Boynton, Gillian Anderson, Tim Spall, uh, Robert Duval is in it. You've got some very, very Charlie Tahan as well. You've got some really good, that's a really good, and Toby Jones. Let's not forget Toby Jones. Um, I love Toby Jones. how much you enjoyed Toby Jones in... Uh, empire of light it's got a great yes. cast and a really good premise it's not a bad film it's just it's fine is the best thing i can call it it's above average but it's just it, it's i don't know what it is and i hate kind of dunking on netflix because it but I, it, i'm starting to think it's them because every time netflix has a film with such a great cast and a great premise there's something in the way there's always something holding it back and i don't know what it is but this film could have and should have been fantastic given all of the ingredients but for me it never really rises above know, six out of ten maybe if i had to be put on the spot now so it's good it's not too bad yeah yeah it's not a bad film it's just disappointing it could have been better i have not seen um out of the furnace but this is cooper and him and bale working together again scott cooper i think is the director scott cooper Um, yes antlers was a movie that big tune and i were both really really big fans of that i think most mostly got slept on oh so you were also on so that was yeah. my hope was that this guy maybe just hits my check boxes and so it'll work for me but i, I have he, i've been meaning to get to it i just it's i did it's again, it said netflix well. thing i don't log into netflix very often to be honest like it's it's of the streaming services it's not my go-to because i just yeah. know i'm gonna see so much stuff i don't want to watch when i open it up like that they just bombard me with things that i'm like i don't want this yeah, I'll lock in when I know there's something there I want to watch. Exactly, and this I, this is on the list, but it's not been a priority, and so like I, I keep forgetting now um, because of that. Like I meant to watch it when it came out, and I just keep not thinking about it when I'm like picking a movie for the night. I need to make an active thing. Uh, a listener of the show actually recently watched it, and I know I feel like she was a fan of it partly because of the Edgar Allan Poe thing, which uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of the other draw for me is I like, I used to teach Poe uh, when I taught English instead of film. Um, so like I I'm and I'm a little mad at myself for not immediately picking up on which Poe story we were getting yeah. until right now, but nevertheless it did like, Oh, duh. Um, this is telltale heart, which if you're going to do a murder mystery, that is kind of the logical one to start with. Um, I think so. I mean, there's other, there's a lot of murder in Poe, but I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the big one, but um. Yeah, uh, I want to check it out. Oh, but it's, that's not it's all not for bad. you. No, it's not JB. It's it's not a bad film. I'm going to say that. I don't want. To, I know I sound overly negative, and I do that quite a lot. It's not bad. It just could have been for me so much better. It's a it's a murder mystery. Um, it's the Edgar Allan Poe story. It's got a fabulous cast. Uh, it's got a decent budget behind it. It's just 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 something holding it back. I don't know what it is. It's just maybe it's just Netflix. Um, inherently just them, but. 
check it out john i'd love to know what you thought um but yeah the other thing i saw jb i was very lucky to have caught this because it would seem quite a few other people were given the kibosh on this but i reached out to warner brothers in the uk and hbo max and sky and said hey guys that last of us show you've got the last of us i like it and i'd like to watch it please <laughs> and to my sheer astonishment they said we like you here you go all nine i mean everybody who got it got all nine episodes but um i was very surprised because i actually i so so yeah the last of us is what i watched but i requested it quite late on because i just hadn't really thought about it plus time you know time it doesn't stop for anyone and i'd kind of lost track of it i thought crap it comes out in two weeks so otherwise i would have asked for it before but uh i was very late in asking but i managed to get on board the last of us train they sent all th- nine episodes i can't talk about each episode individually um or anything like that uh but it's super it's astonishingly good i thought john i thought it was absolutely superb they they, they adapt the game which in and of itself is a stellar story but mm-hmm. they because of the adaptation of format change there are deviations from that main story some of the key components of the uh the driving force of the story the actual you know the infection that that has changed but not for the worse uh for me anyway the the characters are the actors are fantastic um pedro pascal and bella ramsey are excellent together and very good apart there's one episode in particular which i'll mention when it gets to it which i thought was a a profoundly excellent hour of tv it blew me away and from what i've seen i'm in a group for the international film society critics association i'm in a whatsapp group and it would seem everybody else picked on that one somebody said sent a message saying hey guys for those who have seen it which episode you know blew your blew you away and everybody to a man and woman put this particular one i can't wait for you to see it as well john if you watch the last of us i think you're going to really dig a certain episode um but yeah, it's great. Uh, we did the what we got wasn't fully finished. I will say that uh, they were very transparent up front by saying some of the VFX aren't finished yet, some of the uh, ADR isn't quite right yet. They're getting in the later episodes because they got a bit of time, but that didn't take away from it. If you haven't played the games, this is what I'm interested in. I've just dropped a review and I did put this in. I'm really interested for those who haven't played the games how they will view this come the end of episode one, come the end of episode nine. Will it? affect people the same way that it did me because i've played the game i know the story and you know it, it, it pulls my punches i can't wait to see what people who haven't played the game think about it i've heard people saying it's akin to those who didn't read game of thrones watching game of thrones when we got to the red wedding and things like that you know people were waiting to see the reactions there are some moments in this uh, where i can't wait to see what those who haven't played the game how they react you've played the games haven't you john I have both of them. Yep, big fan of both. Yeah. yeah, so you know, you know what happens. This is only adapting game one, um, which has been fairly well publicised. But if you've played the game, yeah. then yep, you know what's coming. If you haven't played the game, I can't wait to see what you guys think. But yeah, as I hold on, it, it, it's fantastic, and I know Tuna thought it was very, very good as well. And it seems most people who have seen it, I say it's excellent as well. Um, and I've read some reviews now and I, I, I'm not seeing too much hyperbole in my eyes because a lot of what other people are saying is what I'm thinking and I'm not out there exaggerating for the fun of it. And, and you know me, I don't watch TV, I don't watch streaming series, but this is 
very very good so uh hopefully it's hopefully it stands up for everybody else but it's doing well at the minute but i'm very pleased to have been able to say i've watched it but uh, are you going to be checking out it's on hbo over there isn't it in the states oh yeah 100 percent. um i i actually part of my goal for this year is to kind of catch up on some series or watch some new series that are coming out and this is definitely on the top of that list um so I plan to do this one weekly. Uh, Andor is on my list as well. I know I, I'm slacking on that one, but I, I determined to try to get to it. Um, and same thing. Uh, there is a new Ryan Johnson series called Poker Face yes. Um, yes. that's dropping on Peacock that I've heard is quite excellent. So I'm I'm very very excited to dive into all three of those. Um, but uh, Last of Us, I like that it's weekly because it gives me. Uh, I know yes. Andor was too. I can't use that as like an excuse for not doing it, but I do. I, I like the weekly digestive period. So I, I could have probably maybe could have got a uh, review options. Although I also, I don't like to review TV. So that stresses me out. That's I've why I was never done that before. Yeah. Never it, done it. It, I have. And I like, cause there is a debate. Do you like, you were told you couldn't do episode by episode until they drop, but it's yeah, like, it's hard the night of that. They drop. It's hard enough to like, cause I don't spoil usually in my reviews, my written stuff. Like I don't usually talk about any major plot points and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but so now you got to like decide is a spoiler. Every episode is there spoilers and like, yes, there is. And so it's like, yeah, for those who it, haven't it seen becomes, are you only talking about the first episode? And then just like your general, I thought it was great though. Um, I don't know. I've just avoided TV. I've, I have done a couple um, and I've done some episode reviews for the shows that like they w- didn't give us all the episodes. Um, but yeah, I, I was, I was a little nervous about asking. So I just was like, I'll just wait and I'll just enjoy it. That way I won't have to binge. No, no. I also, I think I would, I think I prefer seeing it in the final version, um, than the, uh, the not quite done yet. Yeah. Just no, because I, I would feel an obligation to rewatch them. And like, I already, it's already like an effort to watch a series as it is. So like, I don't know if I want to, uh watch it and then like okay well now i want to see what it looks like when it's finished yeah, no, I'm like, I'd rather- i hear that i'm probably more but- likely to actually watch it now again because i've I've seen it so it, because it's not quite as mandatory so i, don't, I won't yeah. have to be like my star wars shows i watch i watch them when they drop i don't need to do that at the last of us so i can you know some of the what well, there's one vfx shot which is which made me laugh out loud because it's it, well, i can't mean it was fantastic it's like jesus but um <laughs> Oh, I want to watch it to see certain, there's certain moments and I'm like, yeah, I've got to see what that looks like fully rendered. But, um, yeah, no, I've, uh, you know, as I mentioned, I watch all the Star Wars shows and that I, but I don't, I don't review any of those like written anyway. We do it on Star Wars sessions, but even then they're more kind of off the, off the back recaps. Um, so such was my enjoyment and love for the last of us series. that I was like, like franchise. I I really want to watch this because I've never been compelled. The power of Christ has never compelled me to ask for any other TV series, not even The Exorcist on Fox. Um, that was slightly just before I started, I think, but um, I don't know why. I was just like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to ask. I'd love to be able to sit down and watch it during the week, and I did. I didn't I didn't binge it all in one day because I find if I do that, I get very bored very quickly or I lose focus. So I was, there, there's nine episodes, as, again, has been publicised. I was watching two to three maybe um, of an evening, so I, I, I was able to chill out have a bit of an evening as well as watching these um and it gave me something to look forward to for are they um are they like a set time or do they vary time on episode um they vary the first episode is a big one first episode is uh and and this is this is something which has also been put out of public the first episode is an hour and 20 minutes long 
Um, yeah. And then they kind of vary from about 45 to hour and an hour and 10 minutes. So it's, but they don't ever feel rushed or they never feel too long. If that makes sense. Even the ones that are a bit longer, they don't feel like they're too long of anything. The only critique I had, which I put today is I wish there was one more episode because oh. you've played the game. You know how much there is to fit into it. I, I just wish there was one more episode just to let one or two little moments breathe, which I'll mention when, when they come out week on week, but, or just to let us stay in that moment for a little bit longer. That's all, you know, that's that. I wish it was a 10 episode season. It's a, it's a, it's a minor thing. Cause I think they, they, they really managed to get everything in, in a, in such a way, such a positive way, but I just wish there was one more, one more, just so they could have really, really sat with a few more moments just to really eke some stuff out. But can't complain, JBR. Can't wait to hear what you think about it, man. I'm, I'm excited. I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, January the 16th, that drops on HBO and Sky Atlantic here in the UK. Um, so this time next week, maybe we'll be talking about episode one of The Last of Us. Yep. I thought it was bloody awesome, JB. Do you know what else is bloody awesome? We are, and this podcast. But in order to keep doing this, we have to stay bloody awesome each week, which means we have to indulge in activities that lift our bloody awesomeness. So, JB, how have you been staying bloody awesome this week? Uh, getting organized. Um, I have uh, I, I mentioned somewhere on the podcast that I took over IB Film this year, um, something I've been kind of prepping for a few <laughs> years, but I uh, never knew for sure when I was going to actually start teaching it. Um, this year I, is, is the year. And uh, we are approaching assessment times and uh, IB assessment for film is not a, a test. They have a comparative study, which I mentioned uh, a little bit a minute ago, but that, that is a, uh, they have to watch two movies and then do either visual or voiceover of them kind of comparing, contrasting the two films uh, based on film focus and uh, cultural context. And that's part of the decision-making of the films they use. They either have to be from different countries or from different time periods. Um, and, uh, it takes, they have to edit in clips and stuff. So, and it has to be a 10 minute like film essay, basically. So they have two months to do that. Uh, and we're in that phase now. So I had to order movies and I had to have them pick their movies. And I had to help them like, well, I don't think this movie would really work for that, but maybe you can try this movie. Um, and we've got all of those set up. And then now we have to actually, I have to rip all those movies onto hard drives that they can then use to edit, uh, the footage because they have to put clips into the movie. So it's, it's a whole process. Um, and I, I was really worried coming into this new se- second semester that I would miss something. Uh, and I've gotten super organized. I do have two uh, teacher aides um, that are students. And they're also actually in that class as well, but they're helping to get things set up in their uh, intern period. Um, and I'm super grateful for both of them because they've been excellent helps. And we've uh, we started on Monday and we're basically done today. I think tomorrow we'll have all the hard drives ready to go. Um, minus I have two movies that are two or three movies I'm waiting on. I had to order, uh, that I'm, I'm waiting. One of the comparisons that I'm really excited for though, Matt is the thing and bodies, bodies, bodies. Damn. Right. Like this uh, paranoia is uh, the idea, like this psychological horror, um, this look at paranoia of one from the eighties, cold war influence. And then one from modern day, uh, what's the influence here? I'm not really sure if it's just like catfishing or Among Us syndrome. Um, but either way, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what my student does with that comparison. I think it'd be quite so compelling. John, for the for those the uninitiated out there, or potentially the UK audience, or maybe some other international IB. What does that mean? Mm. IB films. 
ironic that you use the word international, sir. International Baccalaureate is what IB stands for. Um, is an emphasis on the world. That's why IB Film uh they they can't just do two american films it's supposed yep. to be either context uh change from time which th- i do have a few students who are doing two american films but there's a huge gap in the time or two different countries could be same time uh we like perfect blue last night in soho it's only 20 years apart not even um or just over i guess i should say uh but they are one's japanese anime and one is a british uh drama technically i'm i'm not yep. sure if it was a, actually a british release or a american release with a british setting with a british director and mostly british cast but you know i i'm always off on how those those things are decided um but yeah uh so that's ib um is focused on world studies and uh, interconnectedness um and so i do teach at an ib school but i've not been involved with the ib program um since its inception i was a part of it early uh, the class that I used to teach was phased out, and then um, I focused in on film. But um, I have a great mentor who has done so, so much, um, nice. and she's been an excellent IB film teacher this year. She's still teaching, but she decided to step back from that particular role um, and hand me the reins. And she's also been a great – I'm so grateful she's still there and so willing to help me um, because I would be super lost without her. Uh, she's – Every time I feel like I'm overwhelmed, she's able to give me some suggestions. And even more, uh, when we were we had um, Amoros Peros and Crash uh, is getting compared. Um, the 2004 crash, not the David Cronenberg crash, because um, that's wild. But uh, I was like, I don't know how to word it. Like the genre comparison is it's too bland of uh, drama. So I, like I messaged her, I'm like, hey these two movies I feel like would be really good for this. And my, my student wanted to, to uh, analyze a Spanish director. Um, and she sent us back this incredible, like top, like psychological drama. Um, and then had this like sub headline and this whole, ca- I'm just like, I'm so lucky to have you like still here. Cause most people, if you get to take over a role, the person who did it previously is gone. Uh, and so you're just kind of on your own. And I, I'm lucky that she let me take it over while she's still around to guide me. And is also, again, willing to guide me because she could easily just be like, Hey, I have other stuff. Like that was why I'm not doing that job because I don't want to do that job anymore. Um, and instead she's very, very gracious and so, so helpful. But, um, yeah, it's, and that's part of the organization is all of what I just said. And also I'm, I'm still, we have another assessment that they, they only get, um, we IB gives us uh, 10 movies this year that are prescribed. I can't even say what they are on air. Um, <laughs> of those 10, I narrow it down to, uh, based on the number of students I have. So it'll probably be about four of those 10 movies. Uh, they will be shown what they are. Uh, we will watch the trailers and then they will have one day to decide which movie uh, they are going to analyze. Um, they have to then watch that movie a couple of times, pick a five minute continuous excerpt from it. Um, and then write a 1700 uh, worded research paper um, about that scene and, and applying meaning to that sequence and how the filmmaker applies meaning to that sequence with the techniques that they use inside of it. Um, so that comes right after this. And those are their two big assessments. All the while, they're also building a portfolio. So they're making movies and then having to cut excerpts of that and put it into a 10 minute portfolio. So those are their three big assessments. Uh, again, no test, but all of this, they have to prove their, their chops both in production and an analysis. So it's, it's a lot. And um, traditionally it's done in a two year cycle, but we do it all in one year. So it is, cool. it's a lot of work. Uh, they've, they in first semester, that class watched 12 movies, I think um, where most classes watch 12 movies in the year, but we had to like power through uh, so that I could, 
bombard them with enough analysis that we could be ready for the assessments. So it's a lot. And they, they're the, most of my students are either thir- their third year with me or their fourth year with me. I only have one who this is their first year. And I got to say, for a first year student, that student has uh, stepped up to the challenge and he's really embraced film. And uh, he's made me so happy because he'll come in. Um, he jokes a lot about loving Morbius, but it's mostly a joke, uh, mostly. Um, but he, he'll come in and be like, oh, I watched the Florida Project. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad you went and watched it. Uh, so like, it's been cool to see them really um, embracing films that are out of their their norm comfort zone for high school kids. So sorry to go on such a long rant about it, but I'm really proud of all of my film students. But that, that group uh, is 13 kids, and they've really all stepped up and really um, embraced film in a big way. John, you sound like an absolute teacher. When you talk, you can, you can tell Mr. Birkenfield is, is, is real. No, that sounds great, my friend. I thought it was tough doing a a movie podcast each week. And by tough, I mean a hell of a lot of fun just having to watch one film and kind of analyze it and break it down, let alone what these guys and girls are doing week in, week out, and in a kind of condensed way as well. So um, it's a testament to your job. I say every week, John, or every other week, a testament to your job and performance as a teacher and as a mentor to them and a role model as well, my friend. They're very, very lucky students. I feel lucky to have you as a co-host. They should be very <laughs> lucky to have you as a teacher every single day, my friend. So I, um, do, I do bring you up frequently. I love I love re- referencing my, one of my best friends in the world who I've never met in person that we met on Twitter and only because we love movies so, yeah. so much. Um that that commonality but uh that's how i'm saying bloody awesome i need to know how are you doing it because I, I i went on way too long of a rant but what are you keeping up with no problem whatsoever same same in in the sense of organization but just not in an academic sense i'm as we've mentioned ad nauseum now we've had our bampies last year we've now kind of put the bow on 2022 in film but i'll have a spreadsheet john i'll have to be organized i've already started properly now fleshing out my 2023 uh viewing schedule theatrical streaming independence what's coming out uh get looking ahead to the films i'd like to uh request or be on the screener or screening list whichever one they're doing for there's certain ones which i which if i don't get the email which i generally do from the pr guys then i'll be chasing up including you exorcist if I'm, i would love to be at that um press screening for that um so i've just been basically scheduling the year ahead i I find it great i love it because there are films later on in the year which i know nothing about other than maybe the director and the cast and a brief synopsis but any of those could be you know that could be the banshees of this year or everything everywhere of this year that could be the one that just jumps out of nowhere or, or a film that's not even on my list yet because maybe it hasn't got distribution or something that could be, you know, top 10 of all time for me. That's, I just get to find it very exciting at the beginning of every year to look forward, sometimes to look past the blockbusters because, you know, the, you know you're going to see that. if It's going to get a wide audience. Sometimes the bigger surprises, Top Gun aside, come from these smaller films or the films which don't re- really get traction later on in the year. So it's pretty much that, JB. I've been going through my list, been going through my letterboxed, trying to update the watch list, take off the ones I've already seen but haven't logged for some reason. Um, and just get ready. I love a bit of organisation. I'm, I'm a dude. I'm already looking forward to the Bampies. I think next year. I think. I think. I think. That's what it is. <laughs> I think I'm looking ahead. And I'm like, damn. I got to make sure. And another thing you'll be very proud of me for, John. I have scheduled in some documentaries. I want to watch at least one a month, at least. So oh, by the time nice. we get to the end of the year, that's twelve. 
so I can then think I'm fairly educated in terms of coming up with a best documentary. But also, there's so many good documentaries out there. I I don't shy away from them because I dislike the the um, format. I love documentaries. It's just sometimes I'm just quite late to the party. Or uh, but I found a few already. I can't wait to get stuck into uh, this month, like this week. So, but if I can watch one a month, I'll be very happy. So I'm just trying to schedule in what's coming out, how much can I actually feasibly watch, and can I stick a documentary in there as well? Plus mandalorian you've got the ahsoka show all this other stuff coming out as well trying to fit that in but in terms of movies just a bit of scheduling john on the spreadsheet hey i i like it i have i'm doing a list myself um to of like i said tv shows but also movies that i like really w- don't want to forget that i need to watch like i gotta keep up with the blank check guys and there we're doing danny boyle after we finish the yes. henry selick so I'm Good like, thing oh, you got I got a grave DVD. Uh, yeah, which, sorry. I'm so glad I was right because I would have been like, oh, well, I mean, I did enjoy Shallow Grave regardless, but uh, I'm glad it, it is Danny Boyle who's up next. So it was the the right purchase. Um, I, I got to see A Life Less Ordinary and 127 Hours, which is a movie I've never wanted to watch. And now I'm going to freaking watch it. And then um, <laughs> Millions, I think Millions is the uh, his like it's on Disney Plus for some reason. Um, yes. But and then uh, Trance, which is I. I haven't heard great things about trans, but I've caught most of his other movies. So uh, I might rewatch a couple. I do love the train spotting films quite a bit. Yeah, um, I love and I, I, uh, I saw the beach when I was like, a, when it came out in theaters and I don't, I don't remember. Is that when you disliked mm. Leonardo DiCaprio still? Yes, exactly. Yes. So I think yeah. I might've been harsh on it to begin with. So, <laughs> yep. John had a, uh, rational slash irrational dislike of Leo DiCaprio, which seems to have waned over the years. But, oh, um, I love him now. I, I, I don't, I don't view him as a rival, but in high school, all the girls <laughs> thought he was the best. And I'm like, I can't compete with that guy. You know, like, how am I supposed to be Leo? Like I can't say hey, I'm look, king of the world. Your wife has got pictures of you in the house. She hasn't got pictures of Leo. That's, that's what matters, John. Fair. When we, when we when we when we get to this age that's all that matters my friend um well megan that was our review for this week we're going to be back in a few days with a with a spoiler mini sode of megan and the killer doll so we can dive a little bit more into the the naughty things she got up to but uh next week our main show we're going to be covering the tom hanks film that john mentioned earlier a man mm. called otto we're going to be discussing that next week very excited to dive into that but if you want to let us know what you thought about Megan or any of the th- uh, the topics we brought up this week on the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, you can find us online on social media at, to, on Twitter at BAMP underscore podcast, B-A-M-P underscore podcast. John, where are we on Instagram? We're at Bloody Awesome Movie Pod. If you're on Facebook still, we uh, we do post on Facebook on Meta. Uh, so check us out there. If you if you agree with Rotten Tomatoes and the Tomato Meter, you'll now find the bloody awesome movie podcast is contributing to those. So we're going to be annoying people even more now by upping or de- or downvoting your favorite or least favorite film. So check us out on there as well. Or look out for us on there, shall we say. If you want to find me online, you can do. You can find me at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd to search what I watch tonight. You'll find me there. John, where are you? I'm at uh, BurkeReviews.com and at BurkeReviews on all the social media platforms. And if you like what you hear today, we certainly hope you do. Please do consider leaving us a five-star rating and review on your podcast provider of choice and tell your fellow film fans or students about the show. It gets more people listening. It gets more ease. It gets us up the charts a little bit more. Plus, it's another way to hear from more film fans each 
and every week. But with that, as always, stay bloody awesome and keep watching movies. Blood, 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 blood,